Again, I want to I start here. If you did not listen to the message from this past Sunday, by all means, we've been dealing with some things. Uh, I haven't had like an official title for a series yet, but some things that have been upon my heart that I know uh, that's important for us to just deal with some things pertaining to our mind, to our soul, to our will, our emotions, because these things need to be aligned up uh, with God uh, because that's what he's called us to, you know. Uh, the Bible says this, that uh, I, I think it was John that wrote, you know, I wish above all that you prosper and be in health, you know, even as your soul, your soul, your soul prospers. So that's something that God has ordained uh, for us. And so it's never not important, but I just think in such a climate that we're in, uh, it's, it's, it just, it's just an, of a pertinent value that, that we lay into this just a little bit. Amen. Or at least that's my assignment in particular, uh, to be able to make sure that that we are thinking, uh, thinking spiritually. <laughs> I think that's the best way to kind of say how our thoughts need to be thinking spiritually. And so, uh, this past Sunday, you know, we dealt with some things pertaining to liberty, and um, it was very, very strong, but so refreshing and liberating. So I do want to challenge you before we continue on and tonight. If you have not listened to the message, listen to the message, but then there was a particular assignment not described as an assignment, but if you have not taken time or invested time to be in the presence of the Lord, to go through your intentional love list, and you'll find out how important that is, then I encourage you to do so. So that way we are freed up in our, in, 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 uh, that's another dimension of being freed up in our thought, but that way we can move and, and love accordingly, amen? But it was so much, uh, you know, grace on that. So I encourage you to listen to that. Uh, but I know that there's some things that, you know, that'll kind of connect to that tonight. Um, but it's some things that's been kind of sitting uh, on me to kind of share even tonight as it keeps ushering us, as the Holy Spirit keeps leading us, but ushering us into this supernatural summer of success. Remember we said that? So somebody just say that right now. Say supernatural summer of success. And if memory serves correctly, it kind of came across my mind tonight. I almost want to go back probably afterwards and look at it. But I believe last summer we dealt with some portion of setup as well, too. So I'm like, okay, we dealt with either last summer or the summer before. Uh, but dealing with, you know, you know, things being set up. And now the Lord uh, placed upon my heart to just release that word that it's a supernatural summer of success. So if you are tracking, if you are hearing not just me, but the voice of the Lord, then things have to begin to move based upon how you're moving with him. Amen. So let's continue in moving with him tonight. So I want to start, uh, we're talking about governing our mind and that, oh my goodness, is so much to that. But, you know, I'll probably touch on some things uh, that can actually be just a whole class and session in and of itself. So uh, pardon me if I don't go deep, deep, deep. You know, there's some certain things that, you know, support my heart to kind of hit. And so I want to make sure that I stay with what God has given me uh, for tonight. Amen. So I don't want to lose anybody in this in this in this portion. But, you know, I begin to think about our nation's government. And so my upbringing, you know, I grew up from a governmental perspective with my dad being an army chaplain. So I was literally like in the world, but not of it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I would live in a certain area, but we were on military bases. And at least during my ele elementary education, most of it, matter of fact, all of that was on military bases. So I was educated through the uh, Dodd uh, 
a Department of Defense, you know, education system. And so uh, I, I particularly through my experiences, I just kind of soaked in and I think as a God, I know it's a God wiring. I kind of soaked in, you know, different things from my upbringing from that, you know, just having a governmental perspective on on stuff. And then it kind of merged with the kingdom perspective uh, to see things, uh, you know, from a variety of different levels and layers. Uh, but now just talking about, you know, when I do kind of look at our, our nation, because I, I know what it's like to view America from outside of the borders of America. I know what it's like to grow up with an American thought on Western, but then also to see how the other world views, you know, our nation and understanding, you know, the context of where we sit, um, you know, in global society. So I have a little bit of understanding for that, not saying that I'm a pro in that regards, but, you know, God has kind of opened me up to that. And so I know that our nation in particular living in it, it's, it's a whole lot that goes on and our nation's government is in the news for a variety of different things. Um, uh, one here, one of the most breakthrough um, decisions that were made with our Supreme Court as it pertains to Roe v. Wade and, and abortion laws, you know, that was a breakthrough that made, you know, gigantic ripples, um, you know, globally. Uh, an another thing, you know, how our government is handling uh, the Ukraine situation, uh, you know, people are looking at America, you know, as it pertains to our stance, what is our position and and you know our support. What level of involvement are we going to be, you know, as it pertains to our relationship with Ukraine and Russia and all that kind of stuff? Um, and then also, these things are going to be even more heightened because within about uh, four months from now, you know, our nation has midterm elections. You know, where there's you know Congress and Senate seats at at, at stake. And so all of these things. Um, are, are going to be highlighted in the news, but again, don't be distracted by any of that kind of stuff. We know we're, 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 we're so locked in on kingdom, but I'm just saying that I'm aware when you hear stuff that this is what's going on because government is important. I said all that to say this, that the reason why these things are in the news is because government, you know, in some form or fashion has an impact on our lives and government has a great responsibility. So the Bible does give us this instruction to pray for those that have rule, to pray for those that uh, govern us from a governmental uh, elected, nominated official perspective so that we as believers uh, may live a peaceable and, and quiet life. So that way we can still worship uh, in the fashion that God would have us to worship. Amen. So we pray for that. We know that there's going to be tense times coming where the body will need to make uh, adjustments. But in the meantime, uh, you know, we still pray regardless. So aside from political affiliation, that's just my personal conviction. Um, you know, I, I kind of look at it like this. There's a left eye and a right eye. So you can see clearly. <laughs> can't just see just from the left only. You can't just see just from the quote unquote right only, at least from America's political system. And so we as believers, we have to see from a higher at the, from a higher position. But again, government is important because one of the responsibilities is, you know, provide protection or safety. Um, and of course, there's, there's more to this, but safety. So that way we can work and do things that will allow our lives and our families to live somewhat successful uh, lives and whatever, you know, measure that is for each person. And so I personally thank God for the United States of America. You know, there is uh, I just believe that they're still in the midst of all our mess. And I still thank God for his hand that has been upon, you know, this nation, even in judgment. You know, there's been mercy. Right. Uh, but again, 
government is important. Government, how things are governed, how things, because it affects how we live. Decisions and rules affects how we live. And so when we're talking about rule, when we're talking about government, there's a particular suffix that is, uh, that is usually aligned with all systems uh, pertaining to anything uh, of rule and of governing. And that suffix is crassi. And so, you know, there's different words that end with crassi, C-R-A-C-Y. What's one word that you could think of right now that comes to your mind when you hear government and the, and, and the suffix? First one we know, democracy. <laughs> That's what's described, uh, you know, as our United States. I'm not getting into the Republic, National Republic. I'm not talking about that. Let's just stick with the basic, what people know, um, you know, democracy, right? All right, and so that's, that's government that's based upon the people. And then there's another uh, crisis because we're still talking about rule and governing. And so there's an aristocracy, and those are the aristocrats, those that are well-to-do. And, of course, there's been time period, uh, uh, you know, governments that have been kind of ruled by the wealthy and the rich. Uh, that have had authority and have caused things to sway in one direction or another. So that's a type of system of thinking and a type of thought where decisions and influence is made. Just laying some foundation here. And then here's another type of crassi. This other type of crassi is meritocracy. For those that might know what meritocracy is, that base word is merit. So meaning that certain things are done uh, based upon achievement or accomplishment. And so certain decisions are, can, can come about or there's a certain rule based upon, okay, what have you done? How have you performed? So you have those different things that take place. But then there's another one. People might not hear about this a whole lot, uh, uh, but this is, this is one that's, this is, I say, the most dominant, though people don't know about it. But theocracy. <laughs> Theocracy, theo meaning, and of course we're talking about, um, you know, God rule. And you have some people, like for example, in some Islamic nations, they have theocracy based upon uh, their religious beliefs, and so they do every. Their government is based upon their religion solely, so everything they do is based upon, uh, you know, all their decisions are based upon their belief. America, you know, we have liberty. Those that desire to worship can. Those that don't, don't have to, right? But theocracy is not just in the natural, but then also check this out because we're talking about governing our minds, right? Theocracy is also what I believe that, that God would say, hey, you know what? I, I desire to be seated upon your heart. I desire to be seated in a place of influence, even upon your thinking. Amen. So having that divine thought to be able to govern our minds and to govern our decisions, that's what we want. Somebody just say that word theocracy, and if you don't know how to spell it, it's T-H-E-O, and then crossy. You know, theology, the study of God, so that theo is that portion there. But all of these things deal with rule and government. But there's a particular thing that I want to lay into, um, and it comes from, um, or a, a, a huge basis of it actually stems from our last winning community session, which was so powerful talking about born for significance, but it so lines up 
you know, with the word supernatural summer of success and just even dealing with our minds. And so we might not think about this, all these different governmental perspectives and examples that I gave, aristocracy, meritocracy, uh, theocracy, democracy. Uh oh, I feel like I need to rap right now, right? <laughs> all these things take a place. But there's another kind that we have to be very mindful of. Mmm. And once you hear, you're going to be like, oh, I never thought about it like this. But this crassy is crafty and subtle. And it will, it will show up in a variety. It'll show up in different ways, in the little ways and in the big ways. And if we're not mindful, it will shut down so many things pertaining to what God would desire to do in our lives. And this type of crassy is not the nature of God. But yet, oftentimes, we take it on based upon our own preferences and our own comfortability. What kind of crossing am I talking about? Mediocrity. Whoa! <laughs> Woo! Mediocrity. Oh, that's a crossy that, that, oh, it, it is, mmm. It is, it is strong. Someone, I, I know that hit somebody right there. They were like, what? Mediocrity. Mm, here we go. Mediocre. What does mediocre mean? Yeah. Average. I'm going to pull out some things that I've heard, you know, even in some previous discussions. Average. Mediocre means average. Basic. Just enough. Raise your hand if you want to be Mediocre. Nobody raised a hand, did you? Yeah, no, nobody raised a hand with that question. Nobody wants to be mediocre, but how many times do we settle for it? Okay, so now, here we go. Mediocre means average, while crossy means rule or government. There are some things uh, that I just want to pull as a quote. I want to give credit uh, to Bill Johnson for this, because uh, this was so strong, and so I don't want to uh, take anything away from that. But I want to read this statement here, so I'm going to read it in its fullness because it's heavy. The people of God are not to settle for living under the influence of average. I'm going to say that again, and I'm going to drill this in tonight because it's so. Ah, <sighs> uh, okay. Let me let me let me slow it down. Let me slow it down because this has to marinate tonight. Come on. The people of God, that means you, the people of God are not to settle for living under the influence, under the rule, under the government of average. Mediocrity <coughs> takes on the nature of governmental power in setting boundaries of living that are contrary to the king, God. I'm going to say that again. Mediocrity takes on the nature of governmental power. So when you have that crossy word, right, as a suffix, that lets you know that that's rule, that's government. But here you have average mediocrity that has been trying to dominate or cause us to settle for average and say, well, hey, well, you know what? I've, matter of fact, I've heard this. I remember because I've had governmental positions. And so there's an underlying thought. Uh, that I've heard people say 
when they're when talking about their performance and how much that they, they will actually do in their job position and description. So they'll say this, well, man, this is good enough for government work. I've literally heard other people when I worked in government, I, that's right, I did work in government. When I worked in government, I heard other people say, it's like, ah, don't worry about it, it's good, it's good enough for government work. And so we've kind of seen that, you know, as a people, that it takes so, it's, it's, it's hard for government oftentimes to do anything because nobody really wants to do anything. They only want to do but so much because it's like, ah, well, that's taxing. Let's just do the average. Let's just do enough. Let's just do the basic things to kind of keep things going. But let's not go beyond that boundary. So we see that from a governmental perspective, whether it's federal, state or local. But now that same spirit can creep up because it, it just runs rampant in people. And our elected officials are people. And so that same spirit will creep up into us and then we begin to settle for average. To where we become, it's like, well, and I'm not talking about contentment, I'm talking about there's a, there's a type of settlement that, that is not to the standard that God would have us to live as his children, as his people. So let me read these statements one more time. I know it's gonna challenge and upset some stuff, but it's okay. The people of God are not to settle for living under the influence of average. That sounds like liftoff to me. Here, 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 here we go. The nature of God revealed an ongoing increase. Somebody say ongoing increase. The nature of God revealed an ongoing increase is supposed to be seen in how we think, plan, believe, pray, pursue, and steward. That steward word is that management, or shall I say even govern. Right. So let me say it again. The nature of God revealed an ongoing increase is supposed to be seen in how we think, plan, believe, pray, pursue and steward. So here's a challenging question right here. Are you under the rule of mediocrity? <laughs> is that what governs your thinking? <laughs> Have you elected for mediocrity to drive your way of life? And sometimes we can make those elections by default. If we don't choose and, uh, and live an elect life, if we don't choose the standard and the way of life that God will have for us, then we will get the mediocrity to govern and rule us. Mm. So now, here we go. Somebody say, I will not live under the influence of mediocrity. Oh, say it again. Say, I will not live under the influence of mediocrity. Say it a third time. I will not live under the influence of mediocrity. I will not be mediocre. Or some can say this like, hey, I will not settle for mediocre. And this show, let me go there even before we, I got some scriptures, but let me just go there now because I don't want to lose that thought. We're not going to settle for mediocre relationships. I, 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 let me just hit it. Sometimes I know people that are unmarried and that are just so longing for a relationship, they will just settle for mediocre. They will settle for average. They will settle for a basic uh, man or they'll settle for a basic woman just so they can. I just need I, just, I need to feel the heat of somebody. <laughs> and they just settle. 
no, no. And then next thing you know, that governmental thinking will cause them to be in drama. Here we go. They're taxed emotionally. (laughs) If you catch that, right? Because the government will tax you. So they're taxed emotionally. They're taxed physically and, and all kinds of stuff. And it's like, ah, man, because you settled under the influence of mediocrity and mediocrity will tax you. Woo! Oh, I never heard that before. Mediocrity will tax you. There's a taxation for you settling for mediocrity, and it costs you. If you su- mm, think about it, even if you settle for something to be done, if there's repairs to be done, even in something that's that's broken down, and you settle, well, man, let me just find the cheapest thing. Man, it's it's going to cost you. You might get it working for a moment, but it's going to break down and cost you even more. Why not just believe and just and, and get things done, even though it costs more, but get things done right. We're not going to just do average. We're not going to think, oh, well, let me just find the cheapest lease. I'm okay with just the basic. Don't do not be okay with just basic. Because if you are, you're thinking just about you. And not about how God you're not thinking like God. I'll just say that. I know it's strong, but it's true. Okay, so now here we go. Numbers. Numbers chapter 13. My, my, my. (laughs) Numbers chapter 13. This is dealing with Moses. I'm going to start with verse 27. So we know, we know that they're, that, that they've been delivered from, from Egypt. And there was, there was some territory that God has promised them. And Moses is giving them instruction, hey, go spy out the land. <laughs> go see your future. <laughs> go, uh, okay. All right, so here we go. Help me, Holy Ghost. Verse 27. Uh, verse 25. Nah. <laughs> I'm just going to read. It's, it just gets so good, y'all. You can't just have just one verse. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. So they came back with some samples, y'all. Nevertheless, the people, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, We saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Let me just stop right there for a moment. So now they have gone and spied out the land 40 days and they saw. So you imagine going 40 days, they they saw some things. And they saw the land was flowing with milk and honey. And it was lush, it was fruitful, it was already set up for them, right? It already has some beautiful things. It's like, man, this is what God promised us. But there were some 
there were some people in the land already. So they said, look, here's its fruit. But now look at some of the things that are against us and look at some of these people that are in the land. Now, dealing with these people, all those ites that you saw, it is, it is worthy of its own class, again, in its own session. Um, but So these are people groups, but not only are they people groups, but they're spirits connected to these people groups. They're, there's dominant thoughts <laughs> connected to these people groups. There's, there's an operation in how they rule and how they govern and how they do things, and each one has distinct... Uh, dominant, dominant ways. Some, some are evil. Some are money hungry. Some uh, just, just, just try to wear you out and wear you down. And so there's some serious revelation because sometimes when you, when there's some things that God has called you to do, understand this: that there is conflict involved. And then you might be wondering, it's like, man, why do I feel like that I'm starting to get worn out because it's a spirit. It's the spirit behind these things that try to wear you even out mentally, try to break down the government and to try to dispatch and dismantle the governing, uh, the divine governing that is over your mind. And that and so that you see. So you see that here. So there were 12 spies that were sent out. And so uh, 10 of them came back with this report saying it's like, hey. Man, we were walking in the land, but guess what? They started taking on, they started getting influenced by the mediocrity. They started get or they started getting influenced by those other other governmental spirits, those other government, that other governmental type of thinking. And they took that on. And instead of the, all the stuff that they had seen that God had did for them, and, and God looking to establish some things and had and had established. Um, a, a set of rules and, and laws and things for them, all of that type of stuff, they just laid it to the side because of what they saw before them. And so they begin to settle now in their own minds. It's like, hey, man, we see the promise, but those giants, man, and they got the fruit in their hand. They got, they got, a, they got a sample of what already belonged to them. But they got influenced by the mindset and the, or even just what they saw because those people, that spirit was was in the area. But we don't have to come under that. Guess what? There's different spirits in different neighborhoods and streets and and businesses and and gov nations and states and certain territories. But we don't have to be subject to that influence. Not 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 when we have a different not when we come up to the, 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 the mindset that God would have us to be, right? Okay, so now let me continue on. So now they begin to talk out of that influence that they came under, but this is what you have to do, and this is what we have to do that we're gonna see that Caleb did. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses because now that began to spread. That government began to come to them. Remember how we, we can be in something, but man, we cannot be of it. They became of it. So Caleb actually had to shut that thinking down. So he had to quiet the people. Hold up. Be quiet. Stop. And let me continue on. And then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. Somebody just say, I'm an overcomer. 
That's why that testimony is important. They came back with a bad report. Caleb had, mm, yep, 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 yep. They had a different spirit. And they were like, no, 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 we need to testify. Let's remember what God had done for us. Clearly, if God be for us, then we are well able to take possession of this and overcome it. We just got delivered from Egypt. How great of a government did God bring us out of? Who are the Amalekites and all these other ites compared to the Egyptians? Yeah, we're well able. And plus, this is what God said. You see how important it is for us to continue to testify of even some of the things that God brought us out of and how strong he is. So whenever, whenever those thoughts, whenever people start to say, because even people will try to keep you in mediocre whenever you try to move forward. Oh, let me just address that right now. As soon as you start talking about inheritance and promises, you have some people, some people that are under that mediocrity, governmental thought and thinking. They will begin to try to spread that upon you and be like, hold up, what you doing? It's like, nah. it's like, no, nah, you can't go any further. You see how mediocrity will set boundaries. Like, oh, you can't go past that. You can't go past this. Why are you even thinking like this? Why are you, why are you talking like this? Do not let people in their mediocrity govern your mind. In your heart. No, 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 no. I'm telling you, those subtle whispers will try to come, even if it's been some of our upbringing, even if we were taught to think mediocre from our parents just out of their ignorance. And because of them just being uh, so bound by the thought and spirit of limitation and lack and poverty that they, they try to pass that on to you, but no, let that be broken in the name of Jesus. Somebody say again, say, I will not live under the influence of mediocrity. No, 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 no. So let me read verse 30 one more time. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him Oh, man, you got to be careful who goes up with you. But the men who had gone up with them said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. They said that without even fighting. They were spies. Now, mind you, it's not like it was just a few people that came out of Egypt. I've heard, you know, just in various studies and classes and things that I've taken, I've heard the range between 600,000 to 2 million. So needless to say, a whole lot of folk, a whole, whole lot of people. And I would probably go more on the, the, the larger side, but the greater population, because they became such a multiplication. That's why Egypt became concerned. They grew that, that numerous. So, they said, guess what? They didn't say they were few, but they said that they are stronger than we. Verse 32, and they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants 
the descendants of Anak came from the giants and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Oh, look at 33. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. They did not have a conversation with any of those ites to say, hey, what do you think about us? It was those spirits that they came under the influence, that thinking to where now, it, that, the, oh, I heard uh, my bishop say this, you don't see, yeah, with your eyes, you see through them. I'm going to say that again. You don't see with your eyes, you see through them. What you do is you see with your mind. So you can see something and somebody else can see the same thing, but how you view it depends on how you think about it and how you think about you. And so again, these people, and I'm telling you, sometimes you actually do have to move out of a certain neighborhood because you will begin to come under that spirit. And if it's just, just, if it's just running, if you don't contend, if you're not specifically there on assignment and you don't stay in an environment that continues to Feed your spirit, you know, excellence and, 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 and things of that nature. But some, some things that you, you, you have to go to deliver, to, to, you have to be delivered from. Or not just the neighborhood, but now certain places of, of work. Certain places of work are just straight up toxic. And so it might be for a season of, of training, but then it's like, okay, Lord, I thank you. I'm not complaining, but Lord... I thank you for the next. I'm not, in other words, I'm not just going to settle here and just make this my career. Lord, when the assignment is up, then hey, Lord, I thank you for the plan that you'll give me and the strategy to exit for what you have next. Mm. But again, coming under, the, coming under the influence, so these people began to say, it's like, hey, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. So first of all, they already address how they saw themselves. It's amazing how you can look at promise. And now the fruit that they came back with as a sample, this wasn't just mediocre fruit. This wasn't average fruit. Their cluster of grapes that they brought back was so large that it, it was actually had to be like strapped upon a a pole and it had to be two men uh, that carried it. So one man on one side and another man on the other side and they're carrying back these large clusters. And, and God, God, had, God gave them a sample of the large that they were to partake of if they could enlarge their thinking to be able to receive. So I woke up this morning and one of the things that the Lord uh, just told me, and as a reminder, as an, of an encouragement, if it's something that either he addressed in me or knowing that mediocrity will try to show up for some things that he's got for me. So one of the things he just told me this morning, he was like, hey, I always say hey whenever I get ready to say that. <laughs> but one of the things, that's just my thing, okay? I, I just caught it, but I don't care. One of the things that the Lord told me was, don't think small. I was like, woo. It's like, don't think small. And he began to 
trek back to just some of the things. Uh, he was like, okay, I understand it now because small thinking was trying to creep up and try to take lodge and try to take governance in my thinking, in my mind. Now, this is going to sound natural, but it's some spiritual implications because I'm actually sharing these things because it's going to, I'm working against some stuff that's trying to, yeah, we're not settling. And I don't want anyone, for people that's going up, remember, you and this people, we going up together. All right? So we're not going to have, like, if I say one thing and somebody else saying, no, we can't do it. No. If I hear that, then, man, you're going to have to get in line or get out. I'll say it again in person if, if need be. <laughs> but it's just on me because... So the Lord reminded me and was telling me, he was like, don't think small. And so he was backing track um, as far as for even our transition up here. You know, we had a wonderful home. You know, I already shared a testimony about the challenges that we went through and, and lost it. And then, you know, you know, thankfully, we know it had a townhouse, but that was a smaller place. Then our transition here wound up being, you know, in a smaller situation. So the home that we're currently in, you know, thank God for it. But it was a, you know, it's not where what we've been exposed to and what we've experienced. But if I'd allowed it, how many times have I shared? Y'all heard me share about me bumping my head in the basement, right? I'm 6'4", for those that don't know. I know I'm sitting down, but I'm 6'4". And so those things, he's like, hey, don't keep allowing this to just, even though you're bumping your head, don't allow that to cause you to think mediocre. And then you just kind of shrink down. And you're thinking and you're thinking, remember, remember, oh, no, I'll get to that quote uh, in a little bit. I, I didn't share it yet. But the Lord was saying, hey, don't think small. Now, when I'm hearing that, God, God is already addressing some things. So I want to encourage you right now. Let me just say this. Don't think small. So, man, how do I need to think? Big. Sometimes we hear the don't, but there's a do that comes with it. Don't think small, do think big. That's how God thinks. Don't think impossible, think possible. Don't think just enough, think more than enough. Don't think can't, think can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So don't look at yourself now as, man, I'm just a grasshopper. I'm just, don't, don't, don't just say I'm just as it pertains to speaking to yourself. Not when you have such a great God on the inside of you. And these are those, I'm speaking to those that are just really, you know, pressing in for those. I'm not talking about arrogance, but I'm talking about those that have been under the influence of mediocrity. And that thing will try to weigh you down and just to settle for what, well, man, this is what's going to uh, be and I'm okay with that. Now, there has to be an agitation because when, when God has increase on his mind, then increase has to be on our mind. And sometimes we reject that. But that's the influence of mediocrity. Okay. So now I remember one thing. Uh, let me let me share this. So that way we don't think small. Here's why. Where there's purpose, there's promise. I'm going to say that again. Where there's purpose, there's promise. And where there's promise, there's people. 
Oh, I'm going to say it again. Where there's purpose, there's promise. Where there's promise, there's people. So back to this in Numbers 13, God already had, had it purposed. He already had it purposed that this land was theirs. He's still operating off of his own mind and, and what he had given as a promise to Abraham. He's like, look, I'm going to make you the father of, of many nations. So here you have this nation that comes out of this loin. So God still has promise in mind, but it's according to the purpose. So where there's purpose, then God says, look, I have this as a purpose. So now I'm going to make a promise that this purpose is true. But now he's making this promise to a people. So here we go. When we have all this at work, we're actually, when you look at this order, we're the last to show up. <laughs> the people part is the last to show up. <laughs> but when you do show up, you better know that promise and purpose are already before you. When we show up, when we come to the realization that, oh, this is God, know that, hold up. God, you gave me a promise, but this promise isn't just an empty promise. It's already based upon a purpose that you already have ordained. And this purpose includes me, but I also know that it's bigger than me. So let me make sure that I show up. <laughs> let me make sure that, that, I'm, uh, that, I, that, that, I am, that I'm in your government of thought. That's heavy. That I'm in your government of thinking, Lord. That I'm in the king, that I have a kingdom mindset. That I'm not just limited to just this one way of, of, of uh, and many people can get locked in. Sometimes ministries can get locked in the one way. Businesses, uh, families can get locked in uh, uh, or, or settling in, in that sense. And then something, mm, here's another thing, something that could be good in one season can then become mediocre over time. If we don't continue in his government of thought, <laughs> it becomes mediocrity. Here's one revelation. We know in this United States of America, there were certain laws for people of my ethnicity and complexion that were in the land. That was good for a certain, that was quote unquote good. It was never good, but that's what people had settled for. But thank God that things kept progressing. <laughs> that the thought, that God's thought kept invading the thought that was in the land governmentally at the time. He was like, hold on, hold on. No one people group is, is better than the other. No one ethnicity based upon skin color. Thank God for that. That's just in the natural. So now let's make sure that we are not just settling for something that may have seemed functional and how we could operate at one level. Nope. The Lord says, no, I need you to keep coming up and how you think. I need you to govern your thought now. Here's something that's real simple, but because God has increase on the mind, then we can't just be, we can't just uh, settle for allowing things to be just trashy, even in our own home environment. Even it, I know it's, I don't know if I addressed this before, but it has a whole lot to do with what governs our thinking. Like your car can't can't stay junky. Your house can't stay junky. 
You can't continue to have old things that don't work, that has holes in it, that's broken, that's just old and rackety and just not good. That mediocrity, it, it may have been fine for one season, but over a protracted period of time, it gets worn out. It no longer serves its purpose. <laughs> These things begin to have influence. That stuff, I'm, I'm just kind of seeing it right now. That piece of furniture say, hey, no, don't think about getting nothing else. And you better stay with this. I'm like, hold up. Because now your whole environment just becomes mediocrity. And then you try to rise up and try to think, but it's hard because now you live in mediocrity. Come on up. <laughs> I'm not saying you have to live in Beverly Hills. I'm just saying keep progressing. Get God's thoughts. Lord, okay, Lord, do I need something else? Do I need something new to sit on? I told some people in small groups, I, I was like, hey, you know what? Just get some new pillows. Just start there. Just get a different thought, even if it's the same apartment. Just like, man, you know what? Let me get some new pillows. I'm not talking about just stuff. We see differently now. And then plus one of the core values of this ministry is excellence anyway. So you might as well just take it on. We might as well just take it on in our thinking, right? So let me continue on. Somebody say, where there's purpose, there's promise. And where there's promise, there I is. <laughs> there's me. Okay, so now, how do we know? Where does that come from? We're going to look at one verse here. Joshua chapter 1, verse 3. We're just going to look at one verse. I just want to share this with you. The Bible says, because now we come into this new generation, the Lord says, hey, Moses, my servant is dead. And all them people that had them crazy thoughts, guess what? They died. They died in the wilderness. So now it's a whole new generation that, that had not known Egypt, <laughs> with the exception of Caleb and Joshua. But they had a different spirit. They had a different perspective. They had a different mind. Uh, God governed their thinking. So now, here we go. So now he has the responsibility of leadership now. And I'm just going to read this one part of the whole book is excellent. <laughs> but every place that the sole of your foot, because he's telling them, he's like, hey, go over you and all this people. Oh, let me read verse two. Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people. There we go. To the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. But I want you, for those that have um, a Bible um, with them, just underline that word tread. Because I know we, we talk about tread and we know what that means. Uh, that means, you know, literally where your feet go and tread and make pathways and all that kind of stuff. But here's the other thing that I just want by revelation to just uh, share with you. That tread can also mean thought. Meaning that where you tread, where you think, 
So let me let me read it again. Oh, I don't have that with me, but let me read it again this way. Every place that you think upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. Because later on, a few verses later, the Lord started dealing with Joshua's meditation to make sure that he was thinking right and meditating on the word of God. Because here's the thing that I do know. You actually need to think there before you need to get there. I'm going to say that again. You need to start governing your thought there before you actually get to the there that God has for you. It'll be real difficult to try to just be thinking on, on, on one, thinking a certain way, then God, boom, just blesses you. And then you have no capacity to hold it. That's why you have people that play the lottery, the majority of them lose it. They had no treading in thought. All they knew was just scratching tickets. They had no tread, they had no pathway, they had no pattern of thought on even how to govern finances. So now here they get millions of dollars and then they just spend it on fleshly wishes and desires and never think about, they buy all these big homes and never entered into a lifestyle that, or, or, or thinking to say, hey, let me continue to generate wealth. Let me have something that continues to cause increase. And so you have people that get all these big homes and don't ever think about the taxation. You could pay that home off, you still got taxes. And so they spending and doing all this kind of stuff. It's like, hold up. And that's how they lose these homes. And they lose all this kind of, and wind up owing. They had no capacity to step into to that level of wealth, that level of increase. And so uh, tonight is to stretch all of us, to stretch all of us. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. You will not settle for mediocrity. Some people say, even personality-wise, Say, well, man, that's just how I am. Well, if it's just average and, and basic, man, you, 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 you have to grow. You can't be 45 with the 20-year-old mentality. There, I understand there's a youthful side, but it, you can't be youth and ignorant. You can't be 55 with the teenage mentality. You can't, we can't, mm. every place. So that means, hey, just even, and it's a challenge to think, to think there. I realized that. There was some stuff that I started thinking on, and then I realized, oh, man, there's a wall. I'm having a difficult time holding on to this thought <laughs> and trying to think in detail about, man, what would this be like? And that's why the Lord addressed, he's like, hey, don't think small, because we like to be comfortable. Well, man, you know, I've been doing this for so long. I'm just in my comfort zone. Well, it's time to get out and to establish a new one. And we're thankful all the way through, but we can't think small. Even if you start off small, of course, we know don't despise small beginnings, but it also doesn't say don't stay there. We don't have to stay at small beginnings. Yeah. 
I will not live under the influence of mediocrity. Again, going back to my own upbringing, just in the natural, with my father being an army chaplain, and of course he was an officer, but I remember in particular, the Lord brought back to my remembrance when we lived overseas in Panama. One, he's a man of God. Two, he's in government. So he's an army chaplain. So I remember this particular time, I believe, I want to say that um, in Panama, and of course he can uh, correct me afterwards if it's wrong, um, but he was either a major, so I'll give two options. He was either a major <laughs> or a lieutenant colonel. Either way, they had this section on Fort Davis, which was the base uh, in Panama at that time. They had this section that was kind of up in the hills. You had like some of the other soldiers that kind of lived down in the PX commissary, all that kind of stuff. But then just kind of you drove up a little hill and then they called that Colonel's Row. And in Colonel's Row, again, this is governmental housing. Uh, for the military on base, but Colonel's Road, the, whole, the houses were larger. But from what I understand, even as a young person, it was controversial for this chaplain to be living on Colonel's Road because he technically didn't have the rank at that time to be in that type of housing. Now, this is Uncle Sam. So the Lord was just reminding me, he's like, hey, you came up, and not that it was a gargantuan home, but it was a it was a larger home. So his rank in the natural didn't qualify him for it, but his rank with in favor with God did. So he had to receive it. Man of God had a family, wonderful wife, my mother. <laughs> Two children, me, my sister. So I'm not fully realizing this. I'm just enjoying being on Colonel's Row, having friends, not realizing it's like we are literally on a hill above some of the other homes. Not that it was like a big mountain type, but it was, just, it was, it was enough to where there was a distinction in housing. Don't think small. If there's been any favor in your life, that's enough to let you know, oh, God, I thank you that I'm not going to live. I'm not going to settle for average. I'm not going to settle for average even in my own. Um, it's like, no, you know what? Let, let's just even say this, for example. You know, I can I can respond better than that. That was just a real basic response. Here's something comes up to you in conflict and you respond in a basic in the base level and not on that up divine thought of God. And you just kind of lash out. Guess what? That's average. That's under the influence of mediocrity. That's flesh. That's well, you just settle for just satisfying your emotion for that moment. Nope. It's like even in that realm, it's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to cross this boundary. I'm going to pass this test. I'm I'm going to think about this situation, about this person, like how Jesus, and that, again, that kind of comes from even the, from this past Sunday. No, how much? No, I'm going, I'm going to love intentionally. That's, that's some good stuff. We're not going to be just basic. We're not going to be an average people, an average church. Y'all saw how I kind of just, and again, I'm not speaking against anybody else, but what the Lord just kind of showed me. Um, just even for myself and just the name that I've been given, it's like, nah, you know, I'm going, I'm going to adjust my, my 
what I'm wearing on Sundays at least. As an ambassador, because the Lord's been speaking to me some things about that. It's like, nah, you know, I'm going to, because there's people that I need to talk to. So let me, let me just kind of adjust my dress. I know how I did for one season and that was cool. And I still have those clothes that I wear on another day. <laughs> but there, there's these, there's these things that God is like, no, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Okay, one other scripture that I want to get to. Thank y'all for hanging with me. I know that you're receiving. And then I want to finish with this quote. One other scripture is in Philippians. Man, I just love to hear the sound of pages, man. <laughs> Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 uh, through 16. I'm just going to read it. Not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on. See, I press on. Somebody say, I press on. It's that continual pressing on. That's that progression. It's like, no, I'm going to keep on. I'm going to keep, I'm, I'm, yeah, let's, let's keep going further in this, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ has also laid hold of me. Right? Purpose, promise. There you go. Me shows up at the end, right? Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us. Remember, Caleb said, let us. Let us go up at once. Paul now is saying, let us. As many as are mature have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Remember? So that's why I said before, it's like, look, we got to have this mind. And if somebody else has a contrary mind, then you have to come to maturity or you're going you're gonna to feel just totally agitated and you're just not going to be comfortable being around uh, where we going. <laughs> If you want to settle for mediocrity, like, ah, I can't take all this excellence. I can't take all this. Then um, we'll continue to pray that God will reveal certain things to you. But we have to keep pressing on. We can't stay under that influence. And, and OK, nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Rulership, right? Government. But of course, I know this dealing with measurement also. Let us be of the same mind. So I'm sharing this with you tonight. So that way we are of the same mind. We are not thinking small. Even something that was big, even something that, that, that presents itself as big, God will say, hey, I need you to change your mind because that's not big. Now let me step, step, reveal something to you that's even bigger. In other words, keep going. I remember Bishop in one of the calls for the sons and daughters, he was just encouraging. He was like, man, how far do you want to go? I remember Apostle saying this, there is no end to God. Our Apostle, Apostle Harry, he's like, look, there is no end. We can keep going in him. 
I know I gave some natural examples that I'm telling you there's also there's experiences, there's revelation, there's understanding, there's things to walk in, there's things to receive from the Lord and to release through him. But we can just keep going. OK, so now let me finish with this thought from this again. I credit Bill Johnson for this, but I know we've heard other people say things like this also. As the people of God, we are to live with the realization that there is always more. <laughs> as, as the people of God, we are to live with the realization that there is always more. So somebody say there is always more. Now we know that there, of course, there's a contentment. We learn how to be a base, but we also have to learn how to abound. Right? Nevertheless, we know that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. There's always more. There's always more. In Christ, there's always more. So what that does, it creates an appetite. It's like, Lord, I thank you for how you've blessed. I thank you for how you've been feeding me, for how you've been nurturing me. God, but I thank you that, man, there's even more. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, I, 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 don't know if, I don't know what was going on, but something was happening, and I thought it was a done I thought it was like done. And then someone says, oh, yeah, let me show you this. And I was like, and I think I said it out of my mouth. Oh, there's more. I literally it just came out of my mouth. Oh, there's more. It's like, wow. Like here, I kind of close up shop trying to take in everything that I just saw hurt. And then they came with something else. I was like, oh, man, sweet. Stretched even more. There's some things that my wife and I, we came from. We've, we've seen, we've experienced, we've tasted large and, and good stuff. And, and, and Lord knows, you know, I've been a globe trotter and there's some stuff that I've seen in places that I've not just visited, but lived. And I'm like, oh God, you are. So just allow the Holy Spirit, and then even as God would, would, would have me to begin to kind of just pride to make sure that nobody's settling so that way we can keep moving <laughs> in things in Him and things of the Spirit and how we think and then even things in the Spirit and even territories and stuff that God would have us to, to take. I, I love it. I was like, Lord, thank As a matter of fact, let me thank Him now. Thank you, Lord, for not allowing me to settle. Somebody just say that right now. Yeah, y'all just heard me say it, but yep, you need to say it too. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, with this word tonight for not allowing me to settle. I'm telling you, some stuff will actually, that'll be said, it can sound offensive. <laughs> the level of increase and progression uh, uh, and experiences that, that God would have us to move into, and some people could be could be offended, but that just shows just where their their maturation level, or just how far they they're willing to go. Like some people are just have just reached their stopping point, and they've just kind of determined in their heart, I will not go any further. We'll continue to press on. Mm, so that way there's manifestation. So that way 
the Messiah, that way theocracy, that the Messiah governs our mind. And not just mediocrity. Come on. I will not have a mediocre marriage. And my wife said, amen. <laughs> Somebody need to say that for all the married couples. Say, I will not have a mediocre marriage. And I'm not talking about, well, I'm going to just leave it at that. You do not have to have a mediocre marriage. If you press into the word and press into the things of God, And it's great when you can do it together. <laughs> but if God begins to work on one, then the other one can, can, come, can, can come in line as well. We actually have scripture for that too. But you can have a wonderful, blessed marriage. It's one thing I tell people even on the phone. Sometimes they ask certain questions when you're doing whatever. Are you married? And I say, yep, happily. Not just married, I'm happily, happily married. Glory to God. You do not have to have just a mediocre business. You don't have to have a mediocre. Hmm. You know what? Next time you go to the physician, man, you could have a report where the doctor say, hey, man, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. It's like, you know, the, the average health condition of people your age is such and such, but man, you're doing so much better. Praise the Lord. It happened again today. Talk to somebody and wind up sharing our age, and they were like, oh, what? They was like, you're 45? Happened again. They was like, oh my gosh, you look so good. I was like, praise God. It's like that righteous living. That kingdom living for Jesus. Amen. All right. Let's keep going. Let's keep pressing in. Let's keep getting with the Father. Okay, Lord, who, who do I need to intentionally love so that way I can be free? I don't have anything holding me in that regards, right? But then also now we've got this, Lord. Now let me continue to stretch, Lord. I thank you that you are governing my mind in Jesus' name, that I'm not thinking small. I say all that to say this because there's some things that the Lord's trying to transfer. When people are panicking and all that kind of stuff and everything else tightening up, Uh, it, the fruit is ripe for the possession. I just kind of hear this, Lord. I thank you for just for just sample sizes right now. Just coming to houses in Jesus' name. <laughs> that cracked me up. That is so good, God. I thank you, Lord, for sending samples. For sending samples. Now, some of y'all about to get some samples, sample of some stuff. Even when, once you just start thinking in that direction, that's how they got the sample. Once you start thinking in that direction, it's like, well, man, let me just kind of spy it out. Let me just research. The Lord will show up with a sample. And you better know that that sample is a portion of promise that is connected to purpose for your life and those that go up with you. Yep, somebody say, Lord, I will receive the sample. <laughs> yeah, that is so good. Go ahead, lift your hands right now. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. Mm. God, that you continue to stretch, Lord, that 
that we will not live under authority of that spirit of those of all those ites and all the and all that um, all that mediocrity. God, we will not be governed by mediocrity. It will not set a boundary in our life, God. But I thank you that your word, your word, your promise, and your purpose. That's where the measure is. That's where our lot is. It's in your promise and in your purpose. Lord, so I thank you for enlarging territories. And I think I said sample size, but let me say that one more time. I thank you for sample size, samples uh, being coming, God, that we, begin, that we can taste and see. Some of your sample will show up in an encounter. Some of your sample will show up in prayer. Um, it's a variety of different things that the Lord released tonight. Some natural, some spirit, some spirit, some natural. All of it's included. It's kingdom. Lord, but I thank you for the release of that, God, and enlarging territories, enlarging influence as we are under your influence. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. That you are leading us and continuing to stretch us. Yeah, that we won't settle for mediocre. God, that we will instead opt for your best. Somebody say that. Say, I will opt for your best. And there's different measures for that, but let him speak to you. And sometimes that can change depending on, on seasons, but Lord, we will opt for your best. And guess what? That means that there's, there's still... <laughs> We still have the realization that there's still more. There's certain things to learn in each, in each state, in each season. So, Father, I thank you for that word, continuing to penetrate and go to work in the hearts of your people and in the minds. Now, here's one instruction. I know I've said it, but I'm going to keep saying this. This is just the instruction that we have. You can go back to Joshua 1 and read it. That's your assignment. But then I want you just to remember, meditate on the word day and night. I'm going to say that a whole lot. You're going to hear me say that a whole lot. Meditate on the word. Don't just read it. That you begin by reading it, but meditate. You can slow down even in that one verse. Lord, begin to speak to me about tread. Lord, begin to speak to me about this verse. Begin to speak to me about, and you just keep going over it. Some things, what I do, just as a point, this might help somebody. Uh, sometimes I will stay uh, in one verse, and that, that's my meditation. I might read certain things, but then I'll come back to a certain verse so that way I keep it before me. One thing I do periodically, periodically throughout the year, and I'm back on it again now, um, I will literally, not saying you have to do this, but I'm just giving you as a point of meditation. I will pray John 17, what Jesus prayed. That's just one of my daily prayers. <laughs> as I read it, and it gets so challenging sometimes because it gets so good, I can get caught up on, on a certain verse, and then I start over and pray the whole thing again because it gets so good, but I, I, I love it. Um, but that's just one thing that I keep as a meditation before me. So there's certain things that the Lord will have. He's like, no, I know you read it, but I want you to go back and meditate on it. Think on it. Study it. Study, even if it's a word, study that word. Take it, take it. Find other verses connected to that word. 
begin to meditate, keep these things before you. That's how you mature. That's how your appetite begins to grow. That's how you begin to gain understanding and hearing the voice of the Lord because he, he's not going to speak anything outside of his word. Or in other words, he will not contradict his word. Amen. Well, glory to God. Hallelujah. I think this is for the saints tonight. Help with maturation, even in our thinking. So, yeah, you know, even as I continue to grow in my apostolic pastoralship, <laughs> I'm going to say that again. Even as I continue to grow in my apostolic pastoralship, that that is on my paper, but it wasn't on the paper. It's something that God spoke, you know, even to our overseers. And, and, I've, and I've received that. And it's something that the Lord uh, uh, continues to, to have before me as well. Because we're not just going to be mediocre pastors. We're not average pastors. Amen. We're not, we don't have average leaders. We don't have average overseers. Um, we, we're not going to be mediocre under mediocrity. So we're going to keep growing, keep challenging uh, some things. Yeah, we're not going to settle. And... So help us, God, we won't let you settle. <laughs> in Jesus' name. And the church said, and the church typed in the chat, amen. Amen. All right. 